When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone. It is Redman Radio, uh, the Liverpool podcast from the Redman TV. I am Paul Machin. That man right there is Mr. Christopher Pager. Chris, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm good, you know, mate. You're looking great. I think so too. Hmm. A couple of people made past comments on your attire last week. We'll come to that in due course. Yeah. It's worth sticking around for. Um, we've got some amazing stuff to get through this this week, to be fair. Despite the fact that, like, since we last played, it's not like Liverpool have had an uptick in form or whatever. I, I was in a bit of a dark place with the footy last week and weird. I shouldn't feel better based on, you know, the results. But, but I do, and again, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about Manchester United. Later on, we're going to talk about the Watford game. And if if we feel it takes us that way, we might touch on the Merseyside Derby. We've got some news to get through first. And then we're going to be taking some of your questions. And uh, we've got a wonderful uh, sponsorship this week as well. Chris, the kickoff question. This is really disconcerting. I've got a laptop in front of me for the first time. Not in my life, um, but on this podcast. And I'm... I'm I don't know where to look at the digital version of the paper. Both. Which ones have you got your answers on? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to do like the chameleon eyes thing to look at both. If we were to win the league, asks Ominous Ox. Ominous. Ominous. And you could give five medals out to former Liverpool players who didn't win the league. Which five players would you choose? Let's go one each. Sure. Gerard. Obviously. Cara. Yeah, got. Got, good. Fowler. Fowler, got. I went, take your pick. I'll, I'll, I'll do my last two because I'm not arsed either way. I've just picked them because I think they're decent, decent fellas. Sammy Hippier and Didier Man. Nice. However, I would trade up both of them to give one medal to Mr. Jimmy Traore. Did you go with Jimmy Traore as well? No. It was the first name that popped into my head. It was the first name that popped into my head. And the reasoning for this, because he... Look, he's far less deserving of it than the many Liverpool players um, that would come to mind in this one, particularly Sammy or Didi. I just love... Because I love that argument and because, look, Twitter's based on crap banter and all that kind of stuff, isn't it? I love the whole... Well, such and such has got more league titles than Gerard, and it's like, yeah, but Jimmy Traore, he's got more European Cups. I just love the idea of adding to that. I love the idea that Jimmy Traore could basically have won every everything you can possibly win as a footballer, um, and yet still be the guy who scored that horrendous own goal in the FA Cup third round back in 2004. Um, so, yeah, I'd give it to Jimmy for nothing other than shits and giggles reasons. What was your, uh, what was your remaining? Marcus Babbel. Because he's a lovely fella. Because he played 60 of 63 games for us, won the treble, and then he'd basically have won the quadruple. Mm. He'd have won the Premier League and those three cups, the UEFA Cup, the League Cup, was it Worthington back then, and the FA Cup, Mm -hmm. and finally Raheem Sterling. Why? Because he wouldn't have won one with City this season. 
This is what you could have had, man. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you're giving you. Fuck you. Yeah, bro. Fuck you. you. He'd been it, and that's what I want. Yeah. And then Jimmy would go through his bins and collect it anyway. He'd, he'd bin it, and then he'd walk into his, his cabinet, trophy cabinet room or whatever, and see his, hello, and see his League Cup winners, see his League Cup winners medal, and be like, oh. <laughs> it's a great penalty that, by the way, it was absolutely fantastic. But I don't, I don't have the same level of uh, hatred for Raheem. I don't Bale, hate him. But, um, I just want to no pain. That would be very, very. Funny. I actually, I actually think he's really sound. Yeah. You know, when he, when we met him, he was absolutely sound with us. And you know what? All the stick that he gets in the media is completely undeserved. It, it makes isn't... me like him more that the abuse that he gets uh, yeah. around the place. Like, so yeah, no, I agree. I agree with all that. And um, but yeah. still, or Phil Coutinho, take your pick. Phil. Phil. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Of the two, I'd rather I'd rather shine it in Coutinho because I, I, we said the same. I'd have done the same with the European Cup last season as well. I just 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 stand there playing like some sort of like heartbreak music on a boombox outside of his fucking house with in one arm and hold and hold his medal, just just swaying gently in the breeze. Uh, I'd be well up for that. The only other person that came into my mind was um, Suarez, just because he wanted it so much and he gave us all that season, didn't he? He's another one who just chucked it in the bin, wouldn't he? Like, you know, yeah. I think they all would. Yeah, Michael Owen. Je- Michael think- Owen would fucking love that shit. Oh, he'd polish it every day. He would polish, yeah. He would He would have a room dedicated to it. It'd be on a plinth, like Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Last Ark style. And if you took it off his plinth, some giant boulder would come kill you. Okay. That's how much he'd love it. Okay. And he's got the money, hasn't he, to be fair? Probably. What? For a boulder? Yeah. <laughs> for major interior design changes to his house based on someone giving him a trinket. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, he lives for it. He, live, he, love, he, loves a, he loves a good league medal that he didn't deserve, doesn't he? He'd probably like it more that a Liverpool fan has given him it. Like mm. he, he thinks that's him back in can with ask, the Liverpool can fans. Can I ask your thoughts? I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I heard it during the commentary. But there was, there was uproar, wasn't there, about Michael Owen basically saying that Liverpool should go out and kick Marcus Rashford or something when he got back on the pitch, and we were saying like he shouldn't be saying that it's unprofessional and blah 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 blah. It's one of the few things that Michael Owen's done in recent years that's made me go up in his estimation because it made him made you made, go up in his estimation. Yeah, absolutely. bloody hell, made him go up in my estimation. <laughs> Because he's just so, so dry and so charismaless that I love the idea that he loved. He, he, he would boot someone. He wouldn't. He that's Paul. He was suggesting that the other ten players on the pitch probably would do it for him. Say, say that though. Ask Ronnie Johnson. Yeah, true. Ask Ronnie Johnson whether Michael Owen is up for a bit of a, a bit of a fight. Like, um, so yeah, interesting stuff. News. Oh, Jason McAtee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> News. Um, Cops done his press conference. The, the was it good? Follow on for this. I only watched half of it. Um, wow! It's largely him sat there, him being asked a question like, "What about what about the next game?" And he goes, "I don't think about the next game." Or they go, "What about your team selection?" He goes, "I'm not going to tell you my team selection." And then he go and they go, "Who's fit?" And he goes, "Uh." And then he looks over and Matt McCann goes, "Lovren," and he goes. Okay, yeah, Lovren, yeah, maybe, and then he, and then he, you know, he rattles to it, and then, and and then he and he says the expression like, "It's cool," and that's football, um, over and over again. So yeah, um, I didn't need to watch more of that. But what, what one thing that was interesting was apparently Bobby Firmino's injury is not as serious as was first feared. Um, the logic, cops logic, I love. It was really, it was really telling when he talked about Firmino, and he basically said he's just dead hard. 
Firmino's just dead hard. And it's, so him coming off the pitch was a real worry because Firmino doesn't come off the... You know, he'd have to be really injured to come off. And now he's saying, it's probably too soon, Watford. But, um, but it's Bobby But Firmino. it's Bobby, so I'm not going to rule him out because he's dead hard. And if he's even slightly available, he'll make himself available, which is fine. We're going to talk about what Liverpool do in the absence of Roberto Firmino a little bit later on in the Watford uh, chat. But yeah, big news. And it's not directly Liverpool related, of course, Chris, but... Brendan Rodgers um, looks like he, at time of recording, looks like he's about to be, but by all accounts, Brendan Rodgers, Leicester City manager. Thoughts? Tells me all I need to know about the Scottish Premier League. For everybody that tells you that, you know, it's not as crap as you think, well, him going to a club that probably can only achieve seventh in the league yeah. tells me that, it, you know, he doesn't want to be there. Um, I was kind of surprised just how good he'd been there, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. I think, you know, a lot's been made this season about how, you know, that Celtic side haven't been the same, but they're eight points clear at the top of the uh, at the top of the league. He's literally won every domestic competition that he's been in since he's been in Scotland. Mm-hmm. He's done the treble twice and he'd already won a cup this season, so he was on for it again. And it's like, wow, that's incredible. I, like, how how long, for how long Celtic have dominated those leagues, that league, apologies. Yeah. And that's not been done well, before, like the treble, treble. Technically, it's, it is more than one league because they, in 2013, they actually ch- they changed the brand. That's what I found, trying to work out how the fuck that mad league works. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, look, he's done brilliant. And, and he, he, he did the Invincibles thing as well, didn't he? You know, they went unbeaten all season. So in a league that's supposedly easy to win, as, as Celtic boss, at least he did it with some flair. Yeah. So, you know, he's done, he's, he's achieved what... Ha- However little it is possible to overachieve at Celtic, by and large, he's done it. Um, the thing for this, though, Chris, and I had a great comment. I did a video of this over on my YouTube channel. Which one? From a Celtic Mates. fan. Mates TV. Check it out. YouTube.com forward slash Mates TV. Um, a guy, the lad commented, he basically said, you know, he was he, he, he extolled how much he loved Celtic and it was because of his dad and all this kind of stuff. Would you walk out on a club that you love that much? You know, at that at this point of the season, when you've got a when you've got a title looming, that's the thing. I think that's the thing that's going to stick in the craw of Celtic fans. I don't think many people will remember him fondly simply for this for the way that he's he's choosing to just down tools and and get off basically. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think it's terrible. I think he should probably give it till the end of the season. I'm sure Leicester would probably wait for him. It's not like they're going down. Well, that's the thing. I mean, unless he doesn't value himself highly enough, or Leicester have played hardball and he's shit himself. Because you would say, okay, cool. I'll I'll be there. I'll be there in July or, or June or whatever. Um, if he's good enough, then surely they'd wait. Maybe that's just the case. Maybe the thing, they're not, the maybe they're not is, prepared to wait. It feels to me like it's the first time he's had a little bit of pressure as Celtic boss. Mm. Um, and it's from Stephen Gerrard's Rangers mm. side. Now he's come through that and they're obviously much further ahead than they were a, a couple of months ago and stuff. It feels like he knows they might that might be a bit of a struggle, so you get out while you're on top. But again, not this season. Not during the season. You'd go at the end of the season. But I think it all comes back to the fact that he had problems with the board over the summer, yeah. didn't he? And he wasn't back enough and he feels like that he, he hasn't been given the backing that he deserves and that Celtic needed because ultimately listen you know Celtic can go on and win that league but that's not what that's not what he's striving to achieve there yeah. he winning the league for Celtic at the moment is a bare minimum he, yeah exactly he wants to go and get birdies and eagles and that means going into the Champions League knockout stages and that means trying to get Celtic as far as they can whether we think it's unrealistic or not that is is his yeah. aim 
And, you know, they've just been knocked out of the Europa League. I think it was round of um, 264 <laughs> or something. Um, and, you know, he got to the group stages a couple of times with Celtic. He wants to kick on. He's yeah. a manager that wants to go further than than he went last season. Yeah. And he's not been able to do that with Celtic. Whether that's the backing or what, I don't know. You know, I'm not a Celtic fan. But I can understand it from a man who wants to improve every year. The issue Celtic have got, and I remember hearing this a year or so ago, their business model is effectively, if you... If you get if you don't qualify for the Champions League, then you'll have to sell a player. And if you do, then you largely get to keep him and you might get a little bonus or whatever. But that they're not a club that's ever going to be able to, given the current you know the way that the Scottish League is and the sponsorships and all that kind of stuff and the interest in it, they can't really compete. It's funny that Rangers getting back up there. They might not see it this way, but at least making that league a little bit more competitive might prove to be a good thing for the for, for the quality or the or, you know the interest in it down the line. But the 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 the, the mad thing people don't know this and I pose the question. I've now got the answer thanks to everyone who re- the, the dozens and dozens and dozens of people who tried to set me straight in the comments once again of the video. Is this about last week's title? This is about how they. What? <laughs> what? Last week's video title of the podcast. Oh, don't. Don't. It's been called Castle Grace. We've been calling it Castle Grace School for years. I know, I, I know, I got the reference. I, I got the He Man reference wrong. But um, I, te- I got it wrong by not thinking about it, more, which is more for me. No, how the Scottish League <laughs> works. I've just been able to derail you there. That's brilliant. I, so the Scottish League, I looked at it and I was like, well, the, the eight points clear or whatever. They've only got six games left to play, and I was like, "Well, hang on a second, that can't be right." Have you over? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know now how this works? So the league splits in two. So that this this current fixture run fixtures run to like the sixth of April or something. So they've got six games left. Yeah, I know, settling. Um, and then they split the league in two, and the top six play each other, and the bottom six play each other. What? So yeah, yeah. So the the, the teams at the top. Don't have a, an easier running than don't have don't potentially have an easier running than other teams at the top effectively. So, but what it means it was explained to me, which one of these fascinating foibles of this means that you finish seventh in this first phase, right? You have to play all the crap teams in the in it. You can finish above. You could you could finish like fifth or sixth or whatever in the league potentially. Because you've played shit teams and then you can earn more money from finishing higher in the league than the team that finished sixth in the first phase. It's barmy. It's fucking barmy. Did you, I had no concept. I try, and I couldn't find anywhere online. Is this that true? This is 100% true. I've had, I, I've had tons of people trying to explain this to me. Saying, I hope this clears it up. It clears nothing up. It only, no, I, in that sense, I understand so, it. With, with how many games to go does this happen? With six games to go? So no, no, five games to go. So the, the six games have to go of the normal of the normal season as it is. So in six games' time, in like the first week of April, phase one of the league ends, and phase two, the league splits in two. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I remember no, doing a season. Stupid. I remember doing a season as River Plate manager on Champ Manager three. And um, they've got like they do weird half seasons over in, yeah, in yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. not having a frigging clue what I was doing there and being like why why have, why have I won the league when I've only played each team once etc. It's but it doesn't make sense. Paul. No, it makes no it, sense. It makes no sense it whatsoever. No sense it's whatsoever. like I I I can't understand why they think playing every team the same amount of times is unfair. <laughs> That's what they've decided, isn't it? I, 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 if I every them. team has to play every other team. Yeah. Four times, I think it is in is Scotland. It's just that, that is Surely it, that's fairer than well, yeah. But it's is it? But it's it's what kind if, of like 
I can only imagine it's just trying to make life more difficult for Celtic because they've got to play better, more, better, more good teams. But that makes no sense because no, it the, makes no sense. Team, no, no, it makes absolutely no sense. The team, the team no who's sense. going, who might be challenging Celtic, will then have a harder run in themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's It's fucking barmy. But in a normal world, Celtic are going to piss the league no matter what structure you put in there. At least this way. They have to play the te- more games against the team that say that they're not going to challenge the title, but finishes third, fourth, and fifth. So. I think I've had ideas like this, but it's normally when I am absolutely bladded well, at three a.m. in the without morning. Without casting aspersions over the entire Scottish nation, you know, you guys know who's do- who's done that. It's that damn Who has fast, done isn't it? that? Dear God. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm in uh, shock here, Paul. If you want more Liverpool news, and, and I'm sure Steve will want to talk about this because he's a big he's a big talker when it comes to Brendan Rodgers. Uh, the Reds news roundup show is coming up on the RedmenTV.com this week. We'll, they'll talk about that. They'll talk about the transfer stuff, all the stuff that's happening off the pitch of Liverpool. Um, yeah, it's all covered over there. So start your three month trial, get involved with that show. Before we crack on to Manchester United, Chris, once again, we are sponsored by Tokyo Time. Do you, you want to it. give the wonderful people at home a little bit of an insight as to what's happening there? Well, they're sponsoring Redmen TV, which is great because they're great. Paul's great, who's running the business and stuff. You're about to drop a, an unsolicited wonderful comment at me there. No? No. Don't be stupid. Um, <laughs> listen, Tokyo Time have done us a solid support in the show. We'd like you guys to support them. And, and, and in exchange for that, we will give you a 20% discount code that you can use. How can they use that? It's called the internet and using a keyboard, Paul. Uh-huh. Uh, you just have to type in. What did you look at when I asked you that? Did you just my keyboard to make sure that I know. Like, the, 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 I know does it right. have the R-E-D? M, N and 2 and 0 buttons on it. It does. Excellent. That will perform the function. Redmen20, all caps, Redmen20, will get number you 20%, 20% off. Of course it's the number 20. It's R-E-D-M-E-N-2-0, if Perfect. you will. Or Don't forget to capitalise the R-E-D-M-E-N-2-0. Otherwise, and you know, you're not going to get there. You're not going to get your 20% off. This is how I spell anyway. Yeah, sure. As you can see, for the people watching the video version, this Chris looks absolutely splendid in his Tokyo Town cap. Um, you can get involved with them. I said this before. I'm I'm not a big hat man, but I, I to quote this, I think it's a Simpsons quote. I always use it, but I say I may not know art, but I know what I like. I like the look of the Tokyo Town cap. Even on me, they don't. Yes, even on yeah, you, which is, you mar- which is a mark of a great cap. Um, that it makes you look good. Um, <laughs> But no, you look good. You can look good too with your Tokyo Town Cap. You wanted to draw attention to something, Chris? Well, there was some really mean people in the comments of last week's video, to be honest with you. Oh, I mean, to be fair, there's always really mean people in the comments. These are just, I thought there were a lot of funny people in the comments last Fuck week. Fuck you too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You thought you'd just uh, you draw attention to some of these yes. funny people. So you can see on my laptop screen right now that Tonic put Payjack looks like he's going fishing. I think you'll agree that I don't. Fishing for compliments, maybe. George C U K says, Love the podcast, fellas. Also, stick a rifle in Payjack's hand, and he looks like someone who goes hunting small woodland creatures. Not sure I agree with that one either, to be honest with you. 
Uh, and Olympico77, that's your nice comment, says, you normally look like a wool, Chris, nice-ish, um, <laughs> but hats off for that T-shirt, boss. Um, I don't think it was the T-shirt that was making me look boss. I think it was the cap. I think yeah. that's what's going on because I basically just wore a pyjama T-shirt last Hats week. Hats on, then. Hats on, baby. Mm. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. And listen, you know what? We've got, we've got Because we're here, because we've got the Tokyo Time website, I want to showcase you some of the caps and we're going to make it into a little bit of a game for you guys and girls as well. Um, so you can see if you go uh, using the link bit.ly forward slash Tokyo Time underscore Redmen TV, then you will be taken to the Tokyo Time website. Yes, and they have a cracking range of caps. So what we'll do is we'll take a little look at some of these caps here. That Sumo one's an absolute belter. Um, And there's a few on there, and we have randomly selected five caps for you. And what will happen is, right, I will wear any of these caps, but it's done in a poll to this video. So Mm -hmm. it's in the top right-hand corner right now. So we've got the Tokyo Time Temple Cap Denim Blue Pink rolls off the tongue. I will wear this on a show. I think, yeah, yeah. Go on, like that that go on get through, get through them all, and I'll deliver my opinions on the, which I think will suit you best. The Tokyo Time Geisha cap, which I think you'll agree would suit me fantastically well. Absolutely. Once more with feeling, Paul. The Geisha girl, grey black cap. Yeah. No, I think, I think, you know what? No, I'm going to reserve judgment till the end. Okay. The Tokyo Time Heritage cap, white, red, black. Which is absolutely gorgeous, to be fair, and one I want to win the poll. Mm-hmm. Just saying. The Tokyo Time Heritage cap, all black, which will go fantastically well with your all black Liverpool shirt. Which is the one that you actually really want to win. I want to win that one too. I, want, I mean, I win, I want him to send it me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to win it. Well, just poll. give us your poll. Yeah. Well, yeah. Poll. Oh, in the poll. I won the poll. Yeah. And finally, the Tokyo Time Heritage cap in quite. Um, so, um, all five of these incredible now, looking caps. Not wishing to sway the vote in any way, shape, or form on this. But let me just spell this out to you because it, let's cut through, to, cut through all this. Cut through the wheat and the chaff and get to the heart of the matter. You get to vote <laughs> on which of these hats Chris has to wear. And I'm not going to cast judgment on this in any way, shape, or form because they are all lovely hats in their own right. And to each their own. All I'm saying is if you think Chris may or may not look better or worse in any of them, then do cast your vote because it's entirely down to you as to what that man will be wearing on his head next week. So we'll just go through them one more time for you. Uh, The Tokyo Time Temple cap, the Geisha cap, the Heritage cap, the All Black cap, and a pink one. All I'm saying, one final time, is do not vote for the Geisha cap. Wait! Do not vote for the white, red, black cap. And certainly do not vote for the all black cap because he'd be dead happy with all of them. (laughs) And he'd be fine because he look, look, the man likes a cap. He'll wear anything. He'll wear anything for a book, (laughs) Arpeggio. But the point is, the point is, I think given Chris's incredibly manly style, I would be fascinated to see Chris perform this podcast in either the dead and blue pink cap or let's just get straight to it, the pink white cap. I think I could pull it off. Even yeah. I think I think 
I could pull it off. You listen. You know what to do. I leave it to you. I tr- I put this in the tr- trusting and capable hands of all of our audience. We're watching this on YouTube right now, and if you're listening to it in podcast form, just get over and cast your vote on the on the YouTube channel as well. That would be absolutely yeah. So it's bit.ly forward slash Tokyo Time underscore Red Men TV, and it's all lowercase. Don't forget your Red Men twenty discount code as well. Yeah. Big thank you to Tokyo Time. Um, really enjoying the partnership with them so far. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoying it. Love the caps. Went through it last week. So it's just it's absolutely top draw to be honest with you it's, it's top quality um, it's brilliant you need to get one you need to get one and um, you need to get me that all black cap please do not vote for the all black cap I will not, so I, good, I will walk away from this podcast if you vote for the if, you, if, he, if that all black cap wins I walk away Set up multiple YouTube channels, Chris Pager. Um, right, let's podcast. Liverpool, Man United. We haven't had a chance to discuss this, Chris, because you were down uh, down London ways with the Geordie, um, which sounds really like a like a, a really terrible plot for a Guy Ritchie gangster film. Um, I think he'd be good at it. Nevertheless, I'm sure he would. But the Chris Pager was down London with the Geordie. Straight to, straight to DVD. Um, so we played Manchester United. We drew 0-0. My overriding thing coming out of this, Chris, was I was very disappointed with how Liverpool played. I felt it was unequivocally a big opportunity missed for us to get back comfortably on the top on the, on the top of the Premier League, of course. But ultimately, having had time to stew on it, having had time to analyse it, it was a poor performance, but not necessarily a poor result. No, and listen, it depends what your expectations are going into a game like this. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people and a lot of Liverpool fans truly believe that it was must win. And I said going into it, it was must not lose yeah. for me. And I've said it in a few places and I said it on the day and I said it the day before and the day before that. And so my expectation was a draw was a good result. And if you'd have told me four days before the game had happened, I would take a draw. Mm-hmm. And the difference is... People look through the lens, having watched that game of football, and decide that a draw is then a bad result. Well, that's the thing. Making making a statement before the game and saying a draw is a good result. I've not watched the game, so I'd happily take a draw, and I would have taken a draw, and I'll still take a draw if you ask me to replay the game yeah. because a draw is an important result for Liverpool. I didn't like the way Liverpool played. I didn't like the way Liverpool weren't able to break Manchester United down. I didn't like the way that we weren't able to capitalise on their injuries and mm-hmm. stuff. But ultimately, a draw was a good result. It put us top of the pile. Yeah, that 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 the problem is. All the problems are the ones you've just listed there. That's I think that's why we came out deflated because again the poor performance just wasn't good enough. It was in any given situation. I think we we hyped ourselves up for it going in. We looked at Man United. What this isn't Jose Mourinho's Man United, which you know for better or for worse, we've struggled against that. We struggled against Mourinho's Man United, not so much obviously at Anfield last time, but the guy. He did a number on us there last year. Got a really good tactical, well you know, well drilled win over us. Feeling the feeling was, or the story I had, I had, and it seemed to be spreading around the fan base was, you know, Man United will come and attack us, and we can capitalise on that. We can we can cause them problems. We can get in behind, and then when basically all of their players dropped dead in the first half an hour, you can't help but go, well, this has got to be advantage of Liverpool. It's got to be the really weird counterintuitive thing to this, and it's something I said on the final words show was. Liverpool were left set up for a for a game against a team that no longer existed. We were set up for a battle that never took place. We were set up to to, to play a style of football to counter what Man United were going to be playing, and Man United didn't play that brand of football. And the concern then is perhaps 
we should have changed it. But if you then add the injury to Roberto Firmino in that, and I think with hindsight, the the incorrect decision to put Daniel Sturridge on for him, there's I think there's reasonable reasonings for why the game didn't quite go as, as well as well as we probably would have hoped. No, and I, I, listen, I don't think, to be honest with you, that the game would have gone any different had those players stayed on. I think you know Manchester United was set up to play a certain brand of football against us. They were going to look to counter attackers. They were not trying to play the ball through the middle of the park and stuff. And Tom, would you mind just getting my laptop back up on the screen here? Um, I showcased this on the Stats and Tactics show a couple of weeks ago. We do this show on the website um, after once a week after most. Liverpool games. Um, now, one of the things that I highlighted last week was after the Bayern Munich game, the way that they played against us, Paul. And if you can see on my screen right now, this is um, top left is how Manchester City played against us when we beat them 3 0. And what you can see here is um, there's the, the thickness of these lines are how many passes go through to Fernandinho in this instance. And you can see Manchester City try to play through the middle against us, right? And when Manchester City beat us 2 1 this season, they completely avoided the middle of the park, hardly anybody trying to pass it into Fernandinho or Silva or Bernardo silver or whatever it is mm-hmm. they went down the wings and why because if they're to lose the ball in those ha- in those wide areas they've got players you can sit inside and make sure that it's okay it's not a dangerous place to lose the ball Bayern against Schalke a couple of weeks ago play exactly the same way as Manchester City tried against us last season Bayern Munich against us decided to play down the wings they tried to they ignored the central areas of the pitch and that's what Manchester United were doing and that's a, that's something that Liverpool need to rectify Liverpool need to find a way of beating sides who aren't going to play through the middle of the park against us yeah. Manchester United whether they had the players fit and available or not whether they had the injuries or not didn't want to get involved in that middle of the park battle because if we can gag and press someone in the middle of the park we've got a better chance of scoring goals it's what Liverpool are really good at and you can see by those graphics there that there is a game plan now for Liverpool and it's how we adapt to that, it's how we change, it's how we evolve to be able to beat that. We need to work out a way and Manchester United are just doing what Bayern Munich and what Manchester City have done earlier in the season and to be fair, that's really good management. Mm-hmm. That's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that's feeling, that's whoever it is that they're talking to, identifying where Liverpool have had issues and try to make sure. And what you saw in the, for me in the second half of that game is a Liverpool side who weren't willing to roll the dice yeah. and the substitutions might tell you that we're bringing on attacking players but we didn't change we didn't overcome it players yeah. we didn't throw extra well, we bodies we didn't forwards. see Virgil, Virgil van Dijk and Joel Matip up, up in their box and we just start lumping long balls in, you know, which we would if we were desperately chasing the game we'd have done something mad I, yeah, I think you're dead right because again look at look at that midfield and that that for me is the thing we create we put a midfield out there that was ready to go into battle with Matic Herrera and Pogba and then Two of those guys didn't didn't appear for, didn't appear well one of them didn't appear and the other one goes off injured and they just again whether it was something they decided to do from the start or whether they they just they they changed the game entirely the problem we had with Manchester United is they're so good still regardless of the injuries that you couldn't you couldn't afford to switch off and that you you were dead right about the not lose thing it was so important that Liverpool didn't lose that game of football more than absolutely anything else. But as we saw, Lukaku very nearly puts Lingard through. Great save by Alisson in, in the first half. Alexis Sanchez look, doesn't really do a sum total of, of, of anything, but there's times in that second half when he's picking the ball up and he's he's just he's just a danger in possession because he's a very, very, very good footballer. And they had those lads on the pitch, regardless of whether it was their first choice team, yada, 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 who, if you give them the ball... They have the ability to cause problems. They have the Absolutely. ability to score goals. So you're right. I think at any if, if we were if we were in Man City's position and we were playing that game, 
I think we'd have gone for it. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. But that's the difference. We had something to lose. Yeah. And I think Manchester United had something to lose as well. I don't see that they needed to push on. I think a draw was a good result for them. You yeah. know, it turns out that Arsenal beat Southampton anyway mm-hmm. and leapfrogged them in the table, but they didn't lose too much ground. You know, they're only a point behind Arsenal as it yeah. goes into next game week and stuff. I think the big the big tell for me was two minutes left in the game and Liverpool are passionate around at the back and there is no urgency to get the ball into their box. And, you know, I was with lads who were screaming to get the, the ball played forward. I'm sure you guys were in exactly the same boat here in Liverpool watching the game, screaming, come on, come on, come on. But that's that's that that proves the difference. Yeah. It's that we didn't want to lose that game of football. Yeah, I, I, I agree on that. And it's 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 disappointing in the here and now because at the moment this result is tagged on to the is being tagged along the form since the turn of the year. So it is the most recent result in a run of, of of poorer Liverpool form, shall we say. Not poor, but poorer Liverpool form. Whereas what you might find in 11 games' time that this is tagged on as the start, you know, it's, it's tagged on as the first game of a run of amazing form where we look back at it and go, thank God, you know, let's say, for example, Liverpool win every game between now and the end of the season and Man City win every game between now and the end of the season. Well, all of a sudden, that point we went and got at Old Trafford was the point that won us the league. Mm. We can't see that now, so inevitably we're right. Or to it was the last one. Well, exactly, but you know, but we're inevitably we. That was the given the one that was the one that took us back to the top. That was our game in hand. That was it. We had to get something from that, otherwise we'd have stayed. We'd have stayed second. We can't know that at the moment. So I understand people's frustrations because it feels at the moment because it's being tacked onto that run of form. It feels like we're looking at a graph of a Liverpool side that's plateauing. And listen, some of the stuff you say there tactically, hey, listen, that might that might feed into that too. You know, if people are figuring out how to play against Liverpool, that's a big concern. That's something that needs to be fixed sooner rather than later. But ultimately, you know, it's very difficult to break down sides you decide not to play football against you anyway. You know, you can't gag and press someone who's giving you the ball for a start. It's one of the ways that we play with that 4-3-3. But towards the last 15 minutes of the game, you had a bank of four, they had another bank of four, and they had a one in front of that and a one further up the pitch. And Rashford just yeah. stuck up top. Yeah, you know, and away. that's fair. That's good management by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's good play by the team, by, by Manchester United. Liverpool weren't able to break it down. On another day, you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one of those things. I mean, Sturridge, you're probably thinking... I didn't get the storage substitution, if I'm perfectly honest. That was my one big gripe about the game. I didn't understand it. I didn't know why. But thinking back, and I'm like, well, listen, if one, if something just drops, he's a guy who can put the ball in the back of the net. We never had that opportunity. And unfortunately. for me, it was all. It was more as we saw. If we'd made that, we, we used that option. He was the understudy to Firmino at the start of the season when we were playing four three three, and we used him more in that, not on, on the shoulder, more as a guy who, who just drifts between the lines and looks to you know get a shot off if he can, or just looks to feed people in. We did it away at Huddersfield, you know, Paris Saint Germain. My my issue with all of that is. He's not at the minutes. No, God. I'm... You know what I mean? And like, Origi's had more minutes than him recently. Kaiser's had loads more minutes. Shakiri's had more minutes. And we've not seen Daniel Sturridge for ages. Yeah. So to bring him into that type of a game, I thought was mad. But then it comes back to it. Have you got him in there for the experience? Yeah. And also, to be honest, if I, does he just not want to change formation? And if he doesn't want to change formation... Who's played? Who in training has played that the roles needed more? Because we we'll have the we'll have the conversation about the Wofford thing in a bit, and it'll, it, this is a, a touch on it, a touch. But it's easy enough. We go well because personally, I agree. Kater or Shakiri, they're there. They, we, we, you know, they can have a, a positive impact on the game. But Shakiri didn't. Well, no, of course, God no. But I wonder. I just think the storage one was just. 
he's the closest analogue to what, in terms of particularly this season, to what we had in Firmino. And he clearly thought, they clearly thought, Klopp, Linders, etc. thought, this is the approach to how to beat Man United. So we don't want to totally undo what we've been preparing for, for a, for a week or whatever. So we'll just do that. If it works, inevitably, you look like an absolute genius, don't you? But you're right, the problem with Daniel Sturridge is all he has to do is have a game where he's, he doesn't score and we remember the shit Daniel Sturridge. All of a sudden, we totally forget all the positive things that he has done this hey, season. Hey, listen, and to be fair, I've seen a lot of people talking about Mo Salah in exactly the same vein, you know what I mean? And you're looking at it and you're thinking... Yeah, I think Luke Shaw had a really good game against Mo Salah. Mm. I think Mo Salah's had, uh, found it difficult whenever he's been on the right hand side so far this season. Uh, but maybe with the exception of like a Bournemouth or something, he, he's looked good in that number nine role. But you know, he's top scorer in the Premier League. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and people are like, oh, he's crap. Dan, Ke- like, Dan Kennett did it best, and he he put out like his his counter banter stats, which is in his words was the the best um, the best analytics he's ever had on a tweet ever. Um, counts with some like Salah, here's all the teams he's not scored against, etc., etc., etc. But he made a great point. It was something I highlighted on the on the final word. That there's not many teams in the, in the league anymore who allow who play a style that allows Liverpool to play their plan A. Mm. You know, us to play the four three three with with Gag and Preston as the playmaker, and because of that, we don't have an actual playmaker. So you, if you can't Gag and Press, we struggle to. We struggle to break teams down, and Bournemouth was a, might have, might be considered a bit of a. It's false why score. we moved to four two three one in the first instance, yeah. and I think that you know, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's why I think four three three was only going to be used for a spell of games. Mm. I think it was going to be used for buying. I think it was going to be used for Manchester United, um, and buy, and buying again was the other one. It'll be used. It might be something that goes back to being our main game plan. Either if Oxide Chamberlain comes back in reasonable form, or in the summer we go and buy someone who is just absolutely world class and who's got the energy to be a bit more box to box, but is more ten, more nine and a half, ten than eight. If that if that makes sense. But we'll talk about the formation stuff in a minute when we get, we get onto Wofford. Before we do, last week Chris did the newsroom podcast. We we plugged this last week, um, but we we did, you split it into two parts. Chris Williams, our Bundesliga expert. First part focused on the Bundesliga and the second part a bit more about the, the journalism game in general. Uh, have a little listen to this and see what you think. Where do you see Liverpool and, and you know Munich at the moment? Do you see it as probably what everybody sees as was Bayern have been on this level for so long now and then the, there's a bit of a dip and Liverpool are sort of coming up like that or do you think it's maybe a plateau before Bayern kick on again? Oh, well, that, that's a great question because you would think that the league have started, the rest of the sides have started to catch up. So you had, you had times where instantly, just right off six points a season, buying home and away, doesn't matter. Let them win because they're going to win. It's about the, you know, it's about the other teams and how we get on against them. That's changed now. So the likes of them rolling over Hamburg, five, six nil doesn't happen anymore. So um, I think Bayern are on a, a, on a plateau Maybe they'll come back up again, but Nico Kovac's got a real hard job because he's got to phase out Robin, he's got to phase out Ribery, he's got to phase out Muller. At some point, they're going to have to sit down and think who's going to replace Thomas. Uh, sorry, Manuel Neuer mm-hmm. probably be to Stegen, but are Barcelona going to let him sell? Um, are, are they going to let him leave? But I'd I'd say they're such a good club and they've been successful for so long that they will obviously come back up again. And and however poor they've been this season. They're still only two points behind Bruce Dortmund, even though they played a game more. Yeah, fantastic stuff. The newsroom podcast is hosted by the wonderful, uh, behatted Chris Pajak. Um, <laughs> um, 
you can get involved with that on the RedmenTV.com, talking about you know a lot of current stuff that goes on during that particular <laughs> weekish, but also the, the wider world, getting to know the, the some of the better, the bigger and better, and you know in some instance, instances lesser known of the Northwest journalists. I, I, you know what, mate? It's one of my favourite shows. I think I love doing this show with you, and I love doing the newsroom show and the stats and tactics. But that newsroom is really interesting because it's a it's a place where you know a lot of people hear our opinions all the time. So for me to sit across the table from someone and just try and pull out their knowledge, it's really good for me. It makes me feel like I know them more and I get to see a different side of things. Because we've got, I say all the time, we've got very similar views on football for the most part. So mm-hmm. to, to listen to somebody else talking about it and ask them the questions and hear their answers, uh, it's really cool for me. And the subscribers seem to really enjoy it as well. To so the website, you know, the feedback on that show is fantastic. Um, but that stuff where we talk about their life, you know, we talked to Mel Reddy about being a female journalist in a male-dominated industry. It was absolutely superb. We had so many of our women subscribers get in touch, going, "This is brilliant." Yeah. And this is months before it was in the news. By the way, we were doing this yeah. stuff, and you know, the people like um, David Maddock, who's coming back in uh, this week actually for the newsroom. You know, really interesting. We've, got, we've spoken to James Pierce a, a few times on it. Uh, lads from the Anfield Rap. So there's loads of different sort of variation of people, mm-hmm. and therefore content and life stories. It's really wicked. Amazing. Yeah, it's another one of the wonderful strings to the bow that is the RedmenTV.com, and as mentioned. There, um, we're a journalist. David Maddock is in the studio this week, so get involved with all of that on the RedmenTV.com. I've said it before, I'll say it again, I'll always say it because it's so good. The first month is completely free, so if you fancy checking it out, if you want to hear the rest of that and you want to hear every single back episode, we've got hundreds and hundreds of hours in the back catalogue there if you want to go back and check all that stuff out. So, yeah, go and get involved. Uh, it's five pounds a month thereafter, but if you don't want to and you don't get on with it for whatever reason that may be, don't worry about it. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Get on with your lives. Should we put a discount code out for one day only? Why not? Okay. Do we it. won't tell anyone. No. We'll just, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. See if you can find that. We'll take a pound off. Yeah, why not? We'll take it we'll make it four pounds if you we'll make it four pounds to the end of the week. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sounds okay. But exclusively for people who listen to this podcast. Yeah, we'll call it. Red Men 4. 
that's the discount code. I'll put the I'll put it in the description. I'm okay. gonna write this shit down, Tom. You better write this shit down as well. Wofford, um, another game, another bunch of options for changes. Uh, obviously, as mentioned, Roberto Firmino. Uh, judging on Klopp's phrasing of things, it, it reads better than it actually is when you hear him say it himself. I can't see Firmino being involved in this. Maybe on the bench. Um, I think it would be a real stretch for him to actually start this game, which leaves us with a situation where we're going to have to think of another option to go go front here. There's a few suggestions, you know. It, it it could be something as simple as dropping Divock Origi. It could be something as simple as dropping Daniel Sturridge. Hello, we saw that at the weekend, for better or for worse. Those of you who've been listening to this whole podcast wonder the answer to that one is worse. We could see Naby Keita come back in. We could see Jaden Shaqiri come back in, or we could do something else a bit weird. What's your gut instinct on that? Van Dijk up front. <laughs> no um, I think Shakiri will come back and I think Salah will move to the 9 ok that's it yeah simple who plays in the 10 no one play 4-2-2 ok sounds that's, see that's the thing I, that was one of the easier solutions it makes it we just it's another thing we haven't seen loads of and we just don't have a 10 well yeah without Firmino yeah we don't have a 10 I w- I'd be fascinated to see how Shaqiri would do it because there's an option there and not necessarily as favourable because I think we I think we'd all rather see Naby Keita playing in the yeah. field but I think a lot of this comes down to the, the question I, I think you're right I don't think we're going to play 4-3-3 too much between now and the end of the season it's a game it's another game where Watford are a counter-attack inside we're going to be challenged with having the vast majority of possession and we're a much more dangerous outfit of dealing with those teams when we play 4-2-3-1 but you're right the 10 in that instance I mean you could there's, there's loads of things that you could do but there's none that are absolutely nailed on as good or as perfect as Roberto Firmino so you could put yes Salah in the 9 you could put Shaqiri in as the 10, you move Mane to the right, you put Cater in as the, as the left of the 4 2 3 one. That's fine on paper. Alternatively, you could just put a Divock Origi up front and you could put Salah into the 10. We've seen him do some really good work in, in spells. I think, that's games. What, I think that's why I'd go for the 4 3 3 in this game, and I don't think that we would have. I think we would have played 4 2 3 1. Um, but I think that Mo Salah, when he plays that 9, over the last few weeks when he was starting to play it, um, oh, sorry, over the last few weeks when he was playing it and we were playing 4 2 3 1, he was dropping very deep mm-hmm. and he was able to play that sort of false nine role that we've seen Bobby Firmino play so well over the last sort of two years. So for me, it's about getting Salah on the ball more in an area where maybe can't be double teamed quite as easily mm-hmm. with a fullback and a, and, a, and a winger or a defensive midfielder and stuff trying to get him facing goal with the ball at his feet because that's what we've not had enough of yeah. Um so if he can get that and play a one-two off Mane or off Shaqiri, something like that, or as a midfielder going in behind, then that's what I'd look to do. And it, it, to, to, for me, for that, for us to play four-three-three, Naby Keita has to play. Okay. He's the most important player in that because yeah. he's the guy who transitions you from midfield to attack. Yeah. And we didn't have that against Manchester United. That's the guy who needs to beat a man. You think about it normally when you think about how a team sets up and you'd almost say the wingers are the guys that go and beat your men. They're the ones who get you in behind. For us, when we're playing a low block side, we need someone central to be able to do that. And Naby Keita can do that. He can skin a man, he can drop a shoulder, he can do that little shoulder shuffle that he likes to do and stuff. And he can get in. So if Salah is to play in the nine, the next most 
most important role as cases in the team for me. That's a, for me. That's what it's kind of going to boil down to. It's a question of we're back to which style best suits the players that we're actually bringing in because. We had this thing with Fabinho while while he was starting to settle in of like you know he may perform much better in a two. Naby Keita, we're, if we're playing four two three one, it it pretty much means he's going to have to play in one of the forward three positions because of the minute he's not getting in that two man midfield ahead of Henderson, Fabinho, or Wijnaldum. Mm-hmm. You throw you still got James Milner to throw into the equation somewhere uh, somewhere in there as well. So yeah, you know, if you're gonna play, so you're right. If you want to get the best of Cater, you want to play four three three. If you want to get the best of Shakiri, then it's probably it's probably still, on based on evidence, it's probably still four two three one. I wonder whether that's gonna be whether it's gonna be a factor. And we and as you say, with the on the Cater stuff in particular, he's preference Cater in the last few weeks. It does look like we're going to the four three three. It's just my concern is as mentioned a few of those things. Is four three three the formation for playing against low block sides? Because on evidence, it's not. Yeah. You know that's where we fell down big time last season was not having another go to. We've changed the formation to better suit how we do things. But you've got just you, whether we can support well, that that's formation. It. I think, and that's what it comes down to. It's as simple as that. What players do we have available, and what formation do they fit best into? And right now, it looks like to me, without a number ten. You can't play the forty-three-one, and it's almost that simple. Mm. Now, Klopp will make a liar out of me now and play a forty-three-one. Tommy, who, who did you have as your side? I had I had normal back five with Trent in there and Matip. Then I had Hendo and Fabinho in there because Jimmy played too much. Then Cater in the ten, Shakiri on the right, Salah and Mane. Cater, I'd be interested to see Cater in the ten. Been frigging ages, mm. haven't I? That's where I want to see him. Like, but I get behind that. I, I actually get behind that a bit more. You put Shakiri, keep Shakiri on the right, keep Mane on the left, put Salah back to the nine. And, and as I said, Keita, it's whether he can do it in those tight spaces, and that's where he struggles, I think, just as much from the left uh, as well. I think he performs better with as much of the pitch in front of him as possible. Yeah. And whether he has that that killer instinct to get, because he's going to need to get in up, get in up alongside Salah. He's going to need to get in behind him as well it, when, when the situation demands it. It's a big ask, and but I, I again I look at those pr- the prospective people who can do that, and I say that's why I keep coming down to it. There might be a weird thing where I don't think we will because I think you're going to say Lallana, yeah? No, God, no. Um, I was going to say that will be weird, but no. I, but I, now that you've said it, I just forgot he existed. It wasn't that I, I don't think he can't do it. He, he might well. Cop like Cop does like him. He does have the ability to play in those tight spaces because of his because of his control. I think there would be a bit a few groans and a few eye rolls uh, around the world if that that team gets announced. Uh, at whatever seven o'clock quarter seven or something on uh, on Wednesday night, um, whatever the kickoff times are, who knows? Um, and no, and no way is there of knowing. The Salah thing again of just that, uh, it would be a, it would be a, a fucking random shelf for us doing. The only other the only other slight variation is a four two two two. We tend to play that more away from home, but that gives you the t- the choice to put say like Salah and Origi more up front, yeah. and then you put Mane and Shakiri in. Yeah, I like, Manny, Manny I like that shout. I like that shout. I like that shout. I do. Yeah. Um, 
It'd be interesting to see what he does with Milner this game, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think, you know, I think Trent is so important to the way that we play. There's like, a great stat I only saw top line. Was I was just looking for it before. That's what I was tweeting. It was Anfield Index about the 2.44 XG with and like one point something without. We're basically elite with Trent and, and just good without just good without him, effectively. Well, kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You've got a guy who can create loads and loads of opportunities and loads and loads of chances. You know, against Manchester United, we had so many crosses, didn't mm. we, from Milner and they just weren't on point and Trent doesn't tend to Trent crosses better than most people you know in fact everybody in our squad with the exception maybe of Andy Robertson um, he's massively important he has to be because he's a difference maker he's a difference yeah. maker and especially when that person is always free. Yeah. That one of your fullbacks is always going to be free in a football match. It's, it's just the way that it works, yeah. isn't it? You know what I mean? And so if you can have somebody who's so comfortable on the ball, who's so good on the ball, free all the time, sound. And it allows you to do to be a bit more flexible in who goes. I genuinely think we, because of the threat that Man United offer in wide areas, I think we push Milner up higher. Yeah, we did. So we didn't have to. to so that they had to make the decision. Of not to over attack down that side because yeah, I think you have to think a little bit more when Milner's being pegged back the other way. Whereas with Trent, as much as the times when we go, oh, is Trent a bit suspect defensively? By and large, he's fine, and I think he's more naturally, he's more naturally suits that. And honestly, he has the pace to get up and down a bit more, so that means you can vary it up. We look just in terms of cross. I think it was something like Milner had twelve crosses to Robbo's four against United, which is. A, a massive disparity given how good Andy Robertson is and how, what a danger he can be in the final third. I, there's no, uh, you know, as much as it was a bit of a revelation to us seeing the trend stuff, there's there's no stat or, or insight that any one of us is ever going to pull out that Liverpool don't already have access to and haven't already haven't already figured out themselves. And I wonder whether the protection of Trent at the weekend was a big part of that. Is they're looking at it going, we need Trent pretty much in every one of these 11 remaining league games to the best of our ability. So, and again, the the Watford game is far more important in, in the wider world than getting the three, as you said, getting the three points against Man United to some extent. So, yeah, I, I think it's we're going to see how important Trent can be to this side. And it's funny because obviously, you know, it doesn't draw the plaudits in that way. You wouldn't have thought he was so important, but much, much better side for having him involved. Um, questions then. John Bright is at John Deggs. My stepkids are just getting into football and I am, of course, making sure they have Liverpool everything. My only issue is their dad doesn't care about football and keeps pushing the idea of other clubs. How do I stop this and make sure the boys grow up right? You've got no advice that isn't basically domestic abuse, have you? No. Okay. Let me handle this one then. Um, just be a positive role model. Showcase the cool, the cool stuff. Make Liverpool as fun as it can possibly be and that shouldn't be too difficult. Kids, I've noticed like my, my son's not properly into footy yet, but my nephew is. And like last season, he was all over the match attacks and all that kind of stuff. They love Bob. Kids love Bobby Firmino. They love Sadio Mane and they love Mo Salah. So I would highlight those things and then and look, get 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 make sure you get the shirt. Maybe get the name on the back of the shirt. Give them something that personalises it and just tell the dad, the actual dad, to stop being such a fucking wool. Yeah. End of story. I'd probably get locked off for my answer, so thanks for that, Paul. Anthony Tranta um, when did you realise you were an actual adult I'm 27 with my own house and two, ki- uh, two kids one on the way and I'm far from being an adult how old are you in your head <laughs> I don't think I can answer that <laughs> <laughs> 
I wonder what Michael Jackson was in his head. I'm 17. <laughs> I'm 17 in my head. I, for, forever and ever. Around that age, depending on what I'm doing, but largely, largely 17 years old. I haven't truly grown up. You know, I've, I've, I've developed more responsibilities and wrinkles um, and, and lost many, many hours of sleep along the way. But yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think, I, there's a few total fucking bores out there, I think, who just love, who love it and they settle into it and they, they get old before the time. I don't think, and I'm going to tar an entire agenda with this, by and large, in my experience, I don't think men ever really grow up because as much as we can and we can get lost in it, all you have to do is put the, put the you know, if you're into it, put the footy on and just, you know, for all your responsibilities, just get swerved to look at this thing on the screen or put your put a computer, a console in your hands or throw a, foot, throw a footy at you or a rugby ball or a cricket ball or whatever. I mean, don't throw a cricket ball at someone. Um, but, uh, you know, those are the things. And all of a sudden, you clicks and you're an absolute fucking moron again. Back to being back to being 17. Yeah, so, yeah, for me, I, I, I realised I was an actual adult when it's happened, and it's happened three times during my life. I'd been living with my missus for about six months and I was pottering around the flat and I just noticed where we kept our shoes. There was just my shoes next to girls' shoes and I was like, holy shit, I live with a girl. When did that happen? And then I've done that with each of my kids. My son was born and then kids' shoes. Now like I see, I see all of our shoes lined up and I'm like, like holy hell, I'm responsible for all these things. That's when you kind of realise you're adult, but I never, I've never truly grown up. I don't know, I still play boo. Like, I still boo people. I still play boo. And I still flick people on the ears yeah. when we're travelling on trains and stuff. Yeah, poor so, old Ben and uh, Ross. Um, maybe I'm seven still. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 100% <laughs> sure, like. I might, be, I might be seven years old. Yeah, fantastic. And I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone really. And if you really do want to grow up, I mean, I'll be honest. The only the only grown people I know who truly are grown up and, and relish being grown up and act like grown ups are Tories. Don't be a Tory. Stay forever young. Um, right, we've got the bonus Q and A coming up on the RedmenTV.com. Keep politics off this channel. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> fuck you um, bonus Q&A coming up on the redmantv.com um, we're taking loads more questions from you guys both from Twitter and from our uh, subscribers as well to the website to get involved with that including the likes of what is your go to hangover drink if you could master any skill Chris telling us some inside stories from his time with, with the Geordie in London on the kickoff. Um where the whores and drugs go to to to, uh, to make us play another season the champ manager uh, if the Red Men TV team were the A team who would be who and a whole host more as well so get involved get over to the redmentv.com sign up get that show in your face and ears um, Chris thank you it's been an absolute pleasure. Mm. Um, thank you very much for watching and for listening and for Tom for cutting out some really inappropriate content. Um, see you all very soon. Walk on. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.